Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter, who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original. Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shank needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2006, the 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast. It is the round three wash-up, the Derby uh, Derby review. Honey Badger 35 here. I've got Miguel Sanchez with me and uh, we'll get stuck into it in a second. There's a lot to unpack from a decidedly average weekend of football for the Eagles. Uh, before we do, I'm going to do the usual plugs. We're on Twitter or on Facebook at WCEBFpod. You might be watching us live there now, which is fantastic. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can always tune in live as well. Jump in the show, jump in the comments, have your say. Uh, Migs, this is going to be one where I think we're going to hopefully have a lot of comments. We might go either way. We might have nobody interested at all because the footy's crap or people want to sound off. But uh, in any event... Let's get into the football. It was the derby. It was not good. And uh, Miguel, we can start with your take on things now. Yeah, it's not going to be a fun one, is it? And uh, it was difficult to actually find people to come on. Keys has cried off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, not quite. Yeah, that was uh, it was really unpleasant um, viewing. Um, I don't know if you were at the game. Uh, I, I was. It was yeah. Not. I was pretty, blessed um, enough to be in uh, isolation, close contact oh, isolation. Okay. Praise the Lord, because uh, <laughs> the game finished and I turned it off, and I didn't have to leave or beat yeah. the traffic or get on the train. I turned off the television. It was great. Yeah, I stayed till the final siren because I hate watching people leave before the final siren. But agreed. Geez, it was. Yeah, I think as it was uh, as it was still uh, echoing around the stadium, I was. Um, out the back and, and down the stairs home. Yeah, that was uh, that was not fun at all. Um, we looked terrible. You could see the effort was there, I think, for um, at least the start of quarters. And we sort of – we did dominate the first 10 minutes and then we, you know, we kicked those two goals in the first two minutes of the second half. Mm. But so I don't know from that whether it was – the lingering effects of COVID or the fact that um, the guys that were in isolation, even if they didn't have COVID, they weren't able to train properly. But, yeah, we just looked super lethargic. Um, there was, yeah, not a lot of guys even won their positions. Um, Frio did not look good. I think um, they kicked they kicked some goals out of their ass in the final quarter to really make the scoreboard look unattractive. But... They oh, the game was to me like attractive a, yeah. before the scoreboard turned. Yeah. Did you say unattractive? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. exactly the best game in the world before. You know, even first quarter, the effort was up. We've seen a similar pattern with the Eagles, and maybe it's lack of fitness. Maybe you can attribute that to COVID, turnaround in the team. Maybe the team's just not fit enough, which is a fair enough school of thought at this point, I think, based on what we've seen over the last couple of years. The Gold Coast game, we started really well and then faded into halftime, came out really well, faded in the fourth quarter. North Melbourne game, you almost throw out. But again, it, in fact, they didn't really fade in that. We were going strong right till the end in that. Uh, and then this was, yeah, first quarter was all right. Fight was up. 
turned very quickly and then it re- yeah. when it faded it faded hard so i'm with you in terms of covid and sitting in a quarantine room even if you're not even if you've not got covid you're isolating or whatever it can't be good game prep so i'm not pretending that but i guess the thing for me a few days on and you know at the time you get a bit frustrated or you try and be rational whatever you do to process a game a few days on we got to think well the effort we saw against north melbourne was tremendous and we said at the time this is the benchmark for the effort and for the engagement with the game much better list albeit maybe with some covid returnees and things like that effort was not comparable to round two at all no, and it, disappointing because the guys that were in there the week before um, were, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of waffle players who were playing what they would have suspected to be their only AFL game for the season, yeah. um, and went in sort of on a hiding to nothing and with nothing to lose. So um, they could yeah just give that sort of effort uh, and played like it accordingly as well. There seemed to be a lot more daring. I thought uh, mm. the week before, you know. We were much keener to hang on just a sec. Oh, we got the podcast dog getting involved. Well, Migs, it's just dawned on me that I didn't even read out the score, such as uh, how disinterested in this game, I guess I was. West Coast Eagles 7 5 47, our equal lowest derby score ever. Fremantle 15 12 102. Some typically inaccurate football from Freo, so could have looked worse. They kicked a few goals that were a bit, you know, nice goals in the end, of, so maybe it could have looked better, but. Uh, yeah, 15-12, you're giving up 27 scoring shots to the Fremantle Football Club in their current form. Squeaked past Adelaide's, got comprehensively handled by St Kilda, yeah. and then suddenly we make them look like millionaires. It's not great. Yeah, and um, the other result from the weekend as well was North Melbourne losing by 108 points, so that makes our um, our sort of honourable loss to them look a little bit less honourable. Um, I, th- yeah, I think was- we kind of knew North were absolute hot garbage, though. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, I, the... I didn't know they were that hot garbage. Oh no, nah, they're bad. They're bad. Yeah, man. yeah. It's frustrating as well to see them you know, get absolutely pantsed and look like not an AFL team, and and know that we've given up four points to them. Um, yeah. What was I talking about before the dog started barking? Um, <laughs> the, just yeah, the, it was frustrating. The you could see that the connection wasn't there between the lines either. Um, following the, the stats on my phone during breaks and stuff, and mm. they looked reasonably good. We looked to be sort of holding our own you know, in, in contested... I think we ended up winning contested possessions. Um, we weren't far behind in clearances, so we were getting enough of the ball, but just so wasteful going inside 50, we couldn't find a target at all. Um, we either sort of kicked it to space where we might have been expecting someone to be there and there wasn't, or we uh, bombed it on Kennedy's head or Darling's head. Uh, yeah, we we just got really, um, really little reward for effort the times that we did go inside. Um, really mystery Oli out there, I think. Uh, mm. Darling finally hit the scoreboard. Um, Kennedy kicked a couple, but he looks like he's really struggling. Um, yeah, we'll come back yeah, to Jake. Just... Darling, I thought, looked a little bit more ready. Everybody was his... talking about his timing and the cadence of it earlier in round two. His marking around the ground was really good. And yeah, I, I... he came out yeah. and did all that sort of stuff, so... You know, that he is did, what I think he had the benefit of having of having a bit of an undersized defender on him, but he did look good around the ground. Just yeah, couldn't mm. um, couldn't get the ball inside fifty until the final quarter, and some of that I think was the, the, the delivery. And then he, um, if he'd kicked that last 
goal, we would have uh, avoided our lowest ever score but in a derby, and he, he shanked it. But um, yeah, Probably not a lot game deserved. to like. Yeah, I, I suppose we'll uh, if we run this podcast for long enough, we'll find some things to like out of the game, but it's going to be a struggle. We'll get into our buy, hold, and sell later on. And you know, if, if people are jumping in the comments with any modicum of positivity that'd be appreciated because i'm scrapping to find some at the moment um the midfield it's been the story of our season so far round one we had probably our most full strength midfield to date and even then we were thinking it was very underdone round two was what it was and then this week my god it it really didn't look good on paper and then in reality keeping in mind as well migs frio's midfield weren't exactly at their full complement either uh we sent Nelson in to do a tagging job on Rayshaw, which I thought he did really, really well in the first half. And then it seemed like we just dropped it immediately, which you understand because the Eagles are down six goals and maybe they've got to start winning their own footy. I guess I like the idea that that's something they've got up their sleeve. But if you move beyond that particular matchup, Gaff with 25, anybody who's ever knocked or doubted Andrew Gaff, this was the game they were talking about because he racked them up, but they were a lot of... 15 metre here, 15 metre there, a few one-twos, and then he'll switch it across there. It was not really damaging possessions. Uh, Nash had 22. To be honest, I'm going to call that a quiet 22 because I didn't notice him quite as much. He still did a few of his hilarious pump-it-long kicks, but I'm happy with Nash. I'm still very happy with what Nash has given us this season. Redden did his best, but not too much there, 21. Nelson, 16 possessions of his own. Nick Nat, 15. And, and a goal. A good goal and nice in the ruck, but he needs some help. He can't be expected to do it all. And then beyond that, you know, Petrocelli got midfield minutes. Luke Edwards, 11 touches. Jermaine Jones, a little bit, but then he potentially got hurt. We'll see what happened there. Connor West, eight disposals in a full game of midfield. Yeah. That is the story right now, is that we're missing Shuey, Yoshid, Kelly, you know, and, and it's starting to add up in a pretty big way. Yeah, I think I worked out, look at our best, um, say our best five midfielders, um, Shuey, Kelly, Yo, Sheed, Gaff, and between them, I think they've played six games out of a possible 15. And how many together as well, by the way? Red and Gaff. Yeah. And Kelly play. Oh, no, Kelly didn't play round one. Red and Gaff have played two yeah. games together. Kelly's played by himself. Oh, no, Kelly Shuey played, Shuey played north. Yeah. Of course so they did. It, yeah, it's just been. Yeah, it's just been a mess. Um, so it's hard to judge. I mean, people were talking on the board about, you know, where's our new game plan? I thought these new assistant coaches were supposed to be bringing in a new game plan. Well, mm. it's hard to implement that if, if the players aren't on the field to do it. So, I think Particularly as they're the midfield and stoppage bit. coaches, the new yes, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you want, you know? So, the chat around Simo is... Yeah. I was going to say, this chat around Simo is starting to flare up as it was always going to. The losing streak is extending. It doesn't look like halting anytime soon, if we're being honest. So the Simo chat, I think, is fair, even though you've got your COVID and your injuries and all this sort of stuff, because ultimately the buck is going to stop with Simo at some point this year or next year or at some point during this contract, there's going to be a moment. Bagging out the midfield coach and the stoppage coach based on three games of, frankly, bizarre evidence, I don't think. It's a bit early. Um, Just looking at the comments, we've got Kim here saying, talking about the effort, uh, how much do we contribute to Simo backing the players in? Because he's always going on about the culture of the club, looking after the players, which is a good thing. However, does it compromise the desire to win? This is something that has been raised, Migs, in the past. Uh, I guess, Kim, on this one for me, the Eagles are pretty much fielding the only team that they can field at the moment. So 
It's yeah. a sentiment that I do agree with, especially as we're clearly now falling out of anything resembling a competitive flag window or anything like that. I understand wanting to put your best team on the park always, and if that means backing in someone who's out of form, there's a discussion around that. For me, Migs, on that particular thing right now, I mean, the Eagles are just trying to field the team, so I don't think selection policy is at the forefront right now. I think it's what's happening once the whistle goes. Yeah, I think that's right. We, um, yeah, well, the selection's just about been done for us. Mm. Um, I mean, all you we, can say maybe is that maybe O'Neill could have got a game. Yeah, um, dropped Xavier O'Neill, so yeah, that's good. Yeah, maybe you know. maybe Waterman could have got a game, a full game. He played I think, the last five minutes or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, there wasn't much they could do by way of selection uh, for this game. The game before, obviously, we were pulling guys out of the waffle. Um, even the one before that. I mean, the fact that um, Callum Jamison's been uh, in the extended squad at least and, and playing mm. against North, I think that that shows you where we're at. No, no offense to Jamison, but he's you know he's a project ruck and. Um, oh yeah, still yeah, still a fair way away from AFL footy. So, um, just but I guess expanding on that sentiment, we talked in the wake of the North Melbourne game about well, this is the benchmark now in terms of effort and backing people in things like that. There has been a, a concept that maybe the premiership heroes and some of the longer tenured players might think themselves untouchable because they seem not to get dropped or they seem not to have their role altered if they're not performing. I guess that's probably the disappointment now is that we've seen waffle guys, like you said, who have got pretty much one throw of the dice come in and have a moment. Even if, let's say, Aaron Black wasn't best on ground, but he had his moment and he and he stood up every now and then when there was an opportunity there. And Declan instead, you're turning came out of the lift and, and <laughs> exactly had the game. Exactly. So you know, I guess it's whilst it might not be possible at selection right now, how do you break that cycle of? Seemingly, the established guys who should be leading the way, shirking the responsibility or at least not living up to it at the moment, and then you've got some other guys who are fighting for their lives and they seem to be the ones that are desperate. They seem to be ones that are performing. It's it's a bit of a, a tough spot, I guess. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the injury list, the unknown, I suppose, is mm. who will go into health and safety protocols uh, sure. between now and, and Saturday, but the injury list is starting to look a bit better. So we're going to start to get some of those soldiers as Simo calls them back so maybe the pressure will go on guys that aren't performing to be honest a lot of the um a lot of the senior players have been the guys that have really stood up you know, McGovern's um yeah probably leading our best and fairest at the moment um Shannon Hearn he's uh his body is letting him down a bit but um you know, certainly you can see the efforts there um so it's yeah the uh the senior I don't know that there's anyone sort of coasting along on their on their reputation and um, would be in line for dropping if um, uh, if we had actual players to replace them with of, of the of, of the guys that played in the premiership that we've still got left around the club mm. um, the ones that are probably going to be in line for dropping it's more about um, the fact that they're coming to the end than than, than that they're um, yeah they're not contributing so yeah I don't know I, I mean, the people that are Copping it a bit, I suppose. You know, Petricelli's copping it. Um, gaff a little bit. Is, yeah, gaff a bit, I suppose. Um, I was convinced uh, on the day that he was not right. He shouldn't have been out there. Um, I managed to get one of the journos to ask it at the press conference today. And, well, I was just I about asked his... it to be asked and, and someone yeah, asked Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll take credit for that. Um, and he, yeah, he sort of said, you know, he's, he's fine and 
play on, but yeah, I'm convinced he shouldn't have played. Um, he just looked. He's never the most fluid mover, but he he looked like he was really struggling to get across the ground. I've never uh, been one of the guys that's like super anti-gaff. There seemed to be a bit of a divide at some point about. It, it might have even been on the back of the flag because we've done it without him, sort of thing. But for me, it's a death by a thousand cuts type player, which at its best is amazing and and damaging and yeah. just an unbelievable asset. For me, though, watching that on the weekend, I was like, look, I do. I'm not naive to it. I see what people are seeing because there was a lot of really ineffective, not stat padding, but, you know, one-twos and he kicks it and holds things up a bit and it's just not – it wasn't fluid. It wasn't daring. And I guess that's what we want to say is if you're going to go down, well, let's go down swinging. Andrew Gaffin, the derby aside, let's go down trying to play some footy. Yeah, not that sort of swing, maybe, Andrew. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, Paul Webstein in the comments jumping in worried about Exxon not getting a game uh, he has potential needs more game time I think am I giving him too much credit this was a tough one because when the teams were named Migs there was only one or two players that were omitted yeah. the, the ones that had omission next to their names most of them weren't listed you know it was your Aaron Blacks and your Mountfords and all these sorts of guys uh, there was a few I listed think it was players. him and Jamison well it was him and Jamison exactly yeah. And Jamo's not ready, and we know this. And yeah. even if he were ready, I guess it's a droppable level of performance. But that's like that's not even reality. Callum Jamison did his best in round two. We know that. But then you've got a yeah. guy in Exxon who has had a contract extension, has played the first two games with more midfield time than he would typically get, yeah. certainly more opportunity for midfield time. And after two games, they've gone, nah, we've seen enough thanks and dropped him. It's, it is a concern. Yeah, I thought he, he looked all right. They've probably dropped him for Connor West, who's come in off limited preparation and, and not done a lot. Um, played probably a similar role, a little bit of midfield time, a little bit of forward time. Um, not got a lot of it. So, yeah, I wonder... You wonder whether it's um, similar to the Partington situation from back in 2017, 2018. And I might be confusing this because they wear the same number, but... <laughs> Just that you know, you're mystified as to why he's not getting a game, and it's you know, something about maybe his defensive running or his positioning, or he's not following instructions or something like that. Because it's difficult, it's difficult to see from outside the club what he's doing wrong. He's not um, not setting the world on fire, but he's not looking like he's. You know, I um, guess. For me, it's he visibly does one or two really nice things a game, but beyond that, I don't see him a lot. But if you're comparing him to West, well, uh, O'Neill's had ten disposals, six tackles against North Melbourne with one inside fifty. Six tackles? You think he'd be getting? Be, well, be so, just for that. Well, exactly. This is what I'm thinking. So yeah. West, I'm thinking eight disposals as opposed to ten, and then I look, immediately looked at the tackle numbers. West has seven, but I'm surprised to find that O'Neill's had six. Uh, two inside 50s. The stats are fairly comparable if that's the comparison we're making. There's not... Neither of them particularly stand out. So it's getting to the point, and I know it's early in the season, but it's getting to the point where you go, well, why did they sign this guy for two years if this is what they're thinking? Because if there's never going to be a better run of games than this for him to cement himself or make something of it, he does nice stuff. He just is invisible when he's not doing something nice. There's no sort of just link up and accumulation and just get involved. He's either prominent for that 10-second patch or you don't see him for a quarter, I guess. Yeah, that. I mean, the two-year contract was never formal, uh, never officially um, reported. Uh, mm, it was officially reported around the place. So that's, 
I find it hard to believe because it doesn't appear at all like the club rates him. They only really play him when they absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sorry, it was, you know, the minute we got 24 fit players this week just gone, he was the first one out of the side. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, it, it's strange and, yeah, it doesn't pass the eye test a bit. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he goes now that um, now that we're getting a few players back and, and how he goes once the waffle starts. Um, Paul coming back in and saying that just on Exxon, he agrees that the tackle numbers were good for both he and West. Doesn't like tacklers being dropped. At least they are trying. And again, this comes back to everything we are talking about. It's the foundation of where Eagles fans are at at the moment. Nobody's naive, or let's say 95% of people are naive to the fact that it's going to be a challenge to get stirring victories at the moment with the club the way that they are and the list the way that it is. Uh, but you want to see effort and you want to see them going down playing the right brand of footy. Round two, we saw that. Round three, not as much. So it's disappointing, I guess, to see guys that are putting the physical pressure on being dropped. But anyway, we'll see what happens there. Uh, a comment coming here from Twitch. Huggy Snappies on Twitch. G'day, mate. Uh, heard a rumour that the Eagles and the Dogs are talking about a swap. Darling with a draft pick for English. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let I... you field this one first, Migs, because my answer is going to be short and sweet. <laughs> I doubt very much the actual clubs are talking that way. I think someone's floated it as a bit of a brain bubble. Um, and it might have been Ryan Daniels even mentioned it on a podcast or something. But Don't um, say that name yeah. anywhere, Migs. He's, yeah, he's sorry. dead to don't, us don't now. T- don't take the, the Lord's name in vain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, English, the club is rumoured to be into English. Um, I'm, he, he had a really good game on the weekend, apparently. So uh, can I say so this? Got, yeah. I, I must watch footy wrong. I, I don't look. I'm not professing that I've ever actually had a clue what the fuck I'm talking about, but I must seriously watch footy wrong because you are I hosting a film podcast. Yeah, but I mean nobody's, <laughs> nobody's coming here for football acumen. I hope because uh, at halftime they were all talking about how good he'd been, and all I could think was how many times I'd seen him butcher it. And then as the game went on down the stretch, his stats look really good. If I were a super coach player, I'd probably be happy with him. But um, Sydney lost. Uh, oh, mate, what's his name? Hickey. Sydney lost Hickey early in yeah. the third, and they had what amounts to a fill-in ruck, and I thought he had the better of him in the second half. So I I, I was very confused that people... I saw somebody say it was, uh, you know, like a Polly Farmer-esque performance. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a Tim English guy. There was a time where I was, and I haven't seen him come on that much in the last few years, so... I've got to figure out what I'm watching that other people are saying because I'm watching footy wrong. I thought his numbers were good and his impact was pretty average on the weekend. But anyway. Yeah, I um, I didn't see the game, I'll admit. So I was just going off um, off the stories. But um, yeah, I don't... Uh, up to that game, I don't... Um, sorry, I agree with you. I haven't really seen the attraction. Um, he looks uh, he looks like a Dean Cox around the ground, but one who doesn't win any ruck, any actual hitouts unless you uh, um, unless you, he goes up against a part timer. So yeah, um, I can see the attraction of getting a um, uh, getting a succession plan in for uh, for Nat Nui if Bailey Williams isn't going to be the next guy. But at, apart from the fact that English is West Australian, so he's gettable, I, I think we'd be paying too much for him. But Jack um, Darling's West Australian, and he's got a contract. And whatever you yeah, think about his off-season aside, he's got yeah. a long deal on the table. 
And he seems to be, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't trade him unless he actually came to the club and said, you know, sick of this, um, sick of Perth and the um, the crap and I want to get out. We wouldn't trade him. And I don't know well, if the Bulldogs would be terribly interested. They've actually got some young key forwards coming through. Darling's that's right. 30. Yeah. And um, by the way, it, if Darling and a pick for English, I would have thought if the doggies are freaking out about their window or something, they're, they're very good in their young key forward stocks, but I would be yeah. thinking it would be English and a pick for Darling. I understand the longevity of both of their careers, but yeah. we're not in a window that we'd be sending out picks right now, just based on that. I don't think we're going to be sending picks we away. Really, yeah, we should really not be sending picks away, especially since we're probably going to have a really good pick this year. Um, Maybe a few. Thanks, Port. Yeah, thanks, Port. Yeah, look, I I really hope that that is that whole trade is just a someone's brain bubble because you know, none of it really um, appeals to me. The other thing I was going to say about Darling is he does seem quite popular among the playing group. Um, when he did kick that goal, a lot of his teammates went and got to him and, and celebrated with him, even though we were down by nine goals or something at the time. I reckon we should get into our buy, sell and hold for the week, Miguel, because we've loosely talked about the Fremantle game. We've avoided it as best as possible, so nicely done. Uh, but it's one it of those shit. games... It was shit. That's all you can say. We want to see more effort. They need a win at some point. They need to snap this losing streak. But if you're, not, if you're still going to lose a game, at least show me something. So anyway, we'll, we'll crack on with all of that sort of stuff when we look to the Collingwood preview, which will come later on in the week. Uh, for now, Migs, let's talk buy, sell, and hold. Uh, basically, I'll give you a player, or, or rather, you can give me a player for each of those categories. And uh, if you're not aware of the concept, it's loosely stock market based, I guess. Who do you want shares in? Who are you thinking twice about? And who do you want rid of? Uh, Migs, do you want to start us off? Who was your buy coming out of that Fremantle game? Uh, my buy, I'm surprised we didn't get to mention him earlier, but Hugh Dixon, I thought, had a really good game as the yeah. second ruck, um, not having played as a second ruck. Um, before, apart from maybe a little bit of the preseason, um, thought he competed really well. Uh, competed well in the ruck against you know, bigger guys, both um, Lloyd Meeker and Lorbar. Yeah, they've definitely got him for height. Um, did well around the ground as well. Uh, and I actually, even though um, even though Bailey Williams is supposedly fit this week, I think Dixon might be keeping him out of the side. I'd um, I don't know how Dixon will go against Brady Grundy, but. Um, I'd be uh, I'd be giving him another game for that performance. I don't know how Bailey Williams would be going against Brody Grundy, so I'd definitely give him a crack as well. Uh, the buy for me, and this might be a controversial one because he's a bit of a whipping boy, but Jackson Nelson, and I touched on it before, he did a really good job against Brayshaw. Brayshaw, who's doing really nicely in the coaches' votes, 40 possessions the week before. Uh, and, you know, I understand Frio's midfield isn't, where it will be at its best in terms of player availability. But they had a guy that we knew was a big threat. We clamped him down. I think he only had seven or eight touches at halftime. Nelson found some more of the footy, kicked a goal, if you don't mind, off a bit of a controversial free kick. But I like the concept of the Eagles having a tagger. Simo acknowledged that he's not a midfielder. He is a backman. We're sort of being forced to play him out of position, this sort of stuff. I've seen in the past that they've used him as a tagger in fits and starts. Yep. A good tagging job against Brayshaw for me, so I like that. It adds value to the team. It means that I think he's most likely to be selected because why not pick him off the half-back line if you know you can quickly do a tagging job for a quarter? And in a team where we actually had a midfield around him to do some damage, 
he holds Brayshaw quiet and there's Shuey and there's Kelly and there's Yo, it looks a lot nicer than he holds Brayshaw quiet and we're relying on Connor West and, I mean, whoever else, Luke Edwards and all these other guys to win the footy. So Jackson Nelson, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to play footy this year. So that's a buy for me. Yeah, he um, he had a good game tagging-wise. I thought his disposal was off a bit. Um, had a few out yeah. of the fools, I think, to go with that goal. But he, yeah, got, he got greedy. I don't know what he and Luke Ryan yeah. had going on, but every time they got near each other, he tried to kick a goal. And yeah. settle down, Jackson, settle down. Yeah. Uh, what about a hold for yourself, Miguel? Who, who are you sitting on the fence with in terms of the Dockers' performance? Who did I say? Oh, Jack Petrocelli um, has okay. come in... From- I think we mentioned for a little bit of criticism, um, barely cited. I think in the first half, um, popped up for that goal in the, the third quarter, and then um, came alive in the in the final quarter when he got shifted into the middle. Um, maybe it was a little bit of you know, everyone else was tired, and um, he had a bit of uh, bit of legs because he hadn't done anything all game. But yeah, he was uh, winning the ball out of the centre and um, got the one in. I think to Darling for his goal, and then. Um, Got another clearance to Darling, so I don't know if we'll be using him um, as a as a forward, as a midfielder. I mean, but um, might just be another nice little string to his bow there if he can um, go in for a few centre squares uh, along sort of the same lines as uh, as Rioli and Jones. Just another one that we can run through there because last year it was the same guys over and over again, and it was you know, the five five or six stars, mm. and, and no one else got a look in. So. Um, it's nice to get us another little, um, maybe different look, um, something to unsettle the opposition a bit. And uh, yeah, he's uh, not sure he'd be getting a game at the moment in a full strength side. There's um, there's probably about four or five small forwards to go into two or three spots. But um, just his his whole career has been glimpses, and he's probably yeah. shown another glimpse today, this week. Five centre-bounce attendances for Petch. So there were 26 total in the game. Uh, Redden had 23 of them. Nat Nui, 20. Gaff, 15. West, 12. Behind that, everybody's just bit parts. SPS, 7. Luke Edwards, 6. Dixon, 6. Nelson, 6. Petch, 5. Jermaine Jones, 4. So he did get thrown in there, but, I mean, that's not pretty reading in terms of the makeup of your midfield. Uh, My hold is a guy that I've just mentioned there, Sam Petrescu-Seaton. Uh, seven center bounce attendances for him, like I've just said. If I can find his disposals, eight of those, so it doesn't look great. Five tackles is okay. One inside 50. The stats, they are what they are. They weren't impressive. But round one, he showed us plenty of glimpses. Uh, and then, you know, he's the sort of guy I think he's not going to be our number one option. But again, for the value that, that we paid with the pick, and I think if you surround him with a little bit more talent, He's maybe not the guy that's going to drag us over the line, but he might be the guy that if somebody else is in there doing a bit of the grunt work, he can be that class and he can be that danger that we need because right now it is a team that is sorely lacking in X Factor. Uh, what about a sell for yourself, Miguel? Uh, who was my sell? Josh Rotham. A um, bit disappointed with him. I don't know whether he had COVID or he was isolated, um, isolating and, and rusty for that reason. But um, even last year, he's... the. I don't know how he's going with the new game plan. He uh, doesn't move the ball on quickly at all. He stops. Um, he's possibly terrified to take a risk, um, but it just stagnates um, whenever the ball's in his hands. He underkicks short kicks of late, which is yeah. he's, he's got the yips kicking the footy. Yeah. 
uh, he's lost a bit of confidence or, or whatever. Um, can't send him back to the waffle because it's not on yet. But <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, was he our um, he was our emerging talent, best emerging talent a couple of years ago, and has has yeah, flattened out. Badly I thought he was then. well worth the contract because they the contract yeah, discussion yeah. around him was a little bit protracted throughout the off season last year. I thought he was oh, well, well he worth was, his contract. Someone supposedly in the know said he was off to Adelaide, um, and that didn't happen. And the bloke uh, subsequently deleted his account. But anyway, oh, you're not saying that there's misinformation on Big Footy, Miguel. No, uh, I wouldn't be having that. It gets weeded out pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, right. Gotcha. Yeah, I, but I agree because I was very high on Josh Rotham. I'm not jumping off the train just yet in terms no. of his career or anything, but I mean, like you say, if we had a waffle team, if we had numbers to pick from, he'd certainly be on the chopping block. You look at the other guys of a similar position in terms of trying to be our halfback flankers. Hearn is what it is at this point, a little bit, you know, that's not exactly his role. With it, and I thought at least worked his ass off to try and get involved. It didn't always come off. Round two, his disposal was really poor, but round three, I thought he backed himself in a lot. Just thought, well, put that behind yeah. me and get on with it. Didn't, with again, it in, didn't come off. Yeah. No, but in a shit show of a game, I'm happy enough yeah. with what Witherden at least tried. That's the concept of what we want from him. Foley, I'm really pleased with Foley. I know he's making a few dumb mistakes, but he's a child. If he can weed out a couple of mistakes per game, I think there's something there. But yeah, Rotham, I'm just not sure what's happened to him. He's fallen off a cliff for some yeah. reason. He doesn't want the ball in his hands, and I think that's basically the point where you need to give him a spell out of the side. Uh, my cell... Disappointed to be saying it as well. Josh Kennedy. Uh, he's going to play out the season as far as he's available, and I've got no issue with that. He's a legend. I'm happy he's gone around again, to be honest. I know that there's some people saying it probably wasn't the right call. Maybe there's a conversation to be had there. But you know what? It's Josh Kennedy. If he wants to go around again, let him go around again. Fingers crossed that this is his final season just for the general rebuilding of the team, not through any fault of his own. But i got to say, Alex Pierce is no slouch. I'll give him that, but he was reading the ball terribly. For everything that people were lobbing at Darling last week, I thought Kennedy was showing much more of that. He was caught behind. He was given away dumb freeze because he was caught yeah. behind. I cannot fault, and I will never fault the effort on Josh Kennedy. He's 100 years old, and he's massive. He shouldn't be quick and nimble and agile at ground level, but he scraps and fights as much as he can. So I've got all the respect in the world for him, and I love watching him play footy. But I guess if I had to pick what the trajectory is, you know, is he going to carry on as a really solid threat week in, week out and kick a few here and there, maybe have a bag here or there? That's one option. And the other option, Migs, is the one that I'm starting to get worried about is should he have hung it up last year? And is he, you know, going to really retire and start to look at it and go, oh, shit, maybe JK. Yeah, he played 10 extra games too many, something like that. So Josh Kennedy's my sell, unfortunately, in the moment. Uh, it's not pretty to say, and I hope he... Proves me wrong and kicks 10 this week. Please, Josh. I love that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it felt like at least one of Kennedy or Hearn needed to um, hang up the boots the end of last year just to uh, to stagger some of the retirements a bit. Um, they've both gone on. They've both um, performed all right, but at times looked like, you know, looked like they are you know, 40 years old and they've gone on one season too long. Um, so... Yeah, um, you know, when Allen comes back, if we've got Darling, Allen, Waterman wasn't in the team this week. Well, he was 23rd man. Um, trying to fit a second Ruckman in there as well. Yeah, maybe 
if uh, if Darling and Allen can get fit and firing, then um, it's hard to see Kennedy playing waffle. So um, who knows where that goes? One week on, one week off. Just, yeah, uh, the flag's down again. So this is good. This is all gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's no less than they deserve. Uh, we'll finish off, Migs, I guess, with a bit of positive news from Ryan Daniels. Let's hope this one's true and not just some uh, April Fool's Day bullshit. Not even. Some some late March Fool's Day bullshit. Not having that. Anyway, Ryan Daniels says that there are 36 West Coast Eagles on the track today. The biggest number in a while, albeit some are still on light duties. At this stage, no new COVID concerns. Shuey, Duggan, Rioli and Jack Williams, for whatever that's worth, are going to exit the protocols later this week. Joyce, Chessa, Cole, Stranatica are the only other absentees. So something resembling a football team is training. By the sounds of it, they are training together, which is also a new thing for the Eagles of late. We've got a big game coming up. So, you know, we need to get a win on the board ASAP because the schedule is about to turn. And I really hope that this strong contingent of Eagles on the track leads to something mixed. But uh, otherwise, I reckon let's leave things there. Thank you very much, Miguel, for coming on the show. Yeah. Sorry, just before we go, I was going to say um, the injury list came out as well, um, sort of in conjunction with what um, the Oracle Rhino said there. Um, yeah, we're getting getting a few guys back. Kelly, one to two weeks. Um, Yo, one to two weeks. Greg Clark, one to two weeks for what that's worth. Uh, Cripps, two to three. Allen, three. Um, Jermaine Jones is a test after he's, uh, after he's, um, uh, was subbed off with the hammy. Uh, and Dom Sheed, five weeks. So, yeah, fingers crossed the cattle is starting to come back. And if we can avoid some more, um, health and safety protocols, then we will start to see something a little bit, uh, more like, the Eagles side that we were expecting. Um, just in time for the round six grand final against yeah, Port Adelaide just, and their well, second just round in pick. Time for, and when we looked at the fixtures at the start of the year, the first four weeks looked pretty winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it got really difficult. And unfortunately, the first three weeks, we've been absolutely decimated. Uh, coughed up all three of those games. Round four, even if we get guys back, Collingwood are a lot better than expected. And then, um, yeah, after that... Yeah, maybe Port Adelaide is going to be our first chance for a win at our home away from home. We're going on a big streak, Migs. It's all going to kick off. It's going to kick off this week. We'll talk to you guys later on in the week. Thank you for jumping in the comments. Thanks for having your say. Thanks for sticking with the Eagles as well because it's not been the the most fun week. I'm sure if people have been heading into workplaces and Frio friends, things like that. But we got to cop it. It wasn't great. Let's just uh, move on. We'll have a chat about Collingwood later on in the week as well. So please join us for that one. Share the show, tell a friend, all that good stuff. And other than that, I reckon we will see you later on in the week. Bye for now. Bye.